2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 1. And Solomon the son of David was strengthened in his kingdom, and the Lord his God was with him and magnified him exceedingly. Solomon had a really special reign because he didn't fight any wars. He gained tons and tons and tons of wealth. And he was well-loved not only in his kingdom by everyone and well-served, but also the kingdoms around Solomon also came and visited him, offered him tribute to show that they were submissive to him and were friendly with him. 2. And Solomon spoke unto all Israel, to the captains of thousands and of hundreds, and to the judges, and to every prince in all Israel, the heads of the fathers' houses. Now Solomon is gathering Israel together to give them his own instructions. 3. So Solomon and all the congregation with him went to the high place that was at Gibeon, for there was the tent of meeting of God, which Moses the servant of the Lord had made in the wilderness. I had thought the original tabernacle would have been destroyed by now because this is hundreds of years after it was created, but they're saying that the original tabernacle was still set up in Gibeon. Although God had said earlier that they had put the ark in different tabernacles, multiple tabernacles. 4. But the ark of God had David brought up from Kirjath-Jerim to the place that David had prepared for it, for he had pitched a tent for it at Jerusalem. So there was a separate tent that the ark was in in Jerusalem, but it wasn't the same tent that it had come out of in Gibeon. 5. Moreover, the brazen altar that Bezalel the son of Uri the son of Hur had made had been put before the tabernacle of the Lord, and Solomon and the congregation sought unto it. This brazen altar was the original brass altar that Moses had made in the wilderness, so it was over 500 years old, which means the tabernacle in Gibeon probably was the original tabernacle, as well as the altar there being the original altar millions of sacrifices had been made to the Lord on that altar over the years. And that's why they still considered that area a holy place, where they could ask God questions and he would answer them. 6. And Solomon offered there upon the brazen altar before the Lord, which was at the tent of meeting, he offered a thousand burnt offerings upon it. Here's another huge offering of consecration. The reason he's doing it there is because the temple isn't built yet. Once the temple is built, then all the offerings will take place at the new temple. But right now they're doing it in the most holy place they have. 7. In that night did God appear unto Solomon, and said unto him, Ask what I shall give thee. God appeared to him because of David's love for the Lord. This is a test, but it's also a proof of how much he loved Solomon's father. 8. And Solomon said unto God, Thou hast shown great kindness unto David my father, and hast made me king in his stead. 9. Now, O Lord God, let thy promise unto David my father be established. For thou hast made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Solomon is saying, what I'm going to ask you is because I'm ruler over so many people, and this is what I need to be ruler. 10. Give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people. For who can judge this people that is so great? Judgment means 
that in the court of law, righteousness prevails and the truth wins. And Solomon is saying, I don't have the brain power to judge this people, to know the difference between fact and fiction and truth and lies. And he says, I need wisdom from you and knowledge in order to make correct judgments. 11. And God said to Solomon, Because this was in thy heart, and thou hast not asked riches, wealth, or honor, nor the life of them that hate thee, that means to have those who hate him die, neither yet hast asked long life, but hast asked wisdom and knowledge for thyself, that thou mayest judge my people over whom I have made thee king. 12. Wisdom and knowledge is granted unto thee, and I will give thee riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had that have been before thee, neither shall there after thee have the like. Solomon could have asked for riches, but he asked for knowledge and wisdom instead. So God wanted to really reward him by saying, I'm going to give you all the knowledge and wisdom you need. But in addition to that, I'm also going to give you what you did not ask for. I'm going to make you the richest king who ever lived. And believe me, to this day, the Rothschilds and all those other rich people are not as rich as Solomon was. 13. So Solomon came from his journey to the high place that was at Gibeon, from before the tent of meeting unto Jerusalem, and he reigned over Israel. After he received answer to his prayer, he left the hill at Gibeon, where the original tabernacle and altar, and he went back to Jerusalem and reigned, with full confidence that he would have the knowledge and wisdom he needed. When God tells you he's given you something, he's given it to you, and you can believe it 100%. Never doubt the word of the Lord. If Solomon had doubted, he wouldn't have been able to judge over the land. Just because God is giving us something doesn't mean that we can use it until we have faith. 14. And Solomon gathered chariots and horsemen, and he had a thousand and four hundred chariots and twelve thousand horsemen that he placed in the chariot cities and with the king at Jerusalem. I guess King David was still alive at this time, and they're still calling him King David, even though Solomon is the, the reigning king. And Solomon allowed horses and chariots to be at David's disposal in case he ever needed them, as well as having his own. 15. And the king made silver and gold to be in Jerusalem as stones, meaning as rocks, and cedars made he to be as the sycamore trees that are in the lowland for abundance. He amassed cedars from Tyre that were shipped to him. He made it so that there were so many cedars that there was as much cedars as there was cheap wood, and there were so many jewels that there were as many jewels as there were ordinary rocks. 16. And the horses which Solomon had were brought out of Egypt, also out of Kiev, the king's merchants buying them of the men of Kiev at a price. They bought horses from Egypt. God didn't really want the Israelites to fight on horses. He always preferred that they fight on foot. It showed his glory when they fought on foot, because if they could win a battle with a few men on ground, that magnified the name of the Lord way more every time that they won, because the whole world knew that it was God fighting the battle. However, Solomon's reign was in peace, and these horses were used for glory, all of that. They were used for majesty and transporting powerful people. 17. And they fetched up and brought out of Egypt a chariot for 600 shekels of silver, and a horse for 150. That was the price they paid for the horse and chariots. And so for all the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Aram did they bring out by their means. 
they paid the same price from the other pagan countries to get horses and chariots. It was the pagans who were in the business of having horses and chariots because they always fought on chariots. They fought by their own physical strength. The Israelites didn't fight by their own strength. Although they had mighty warriors, it was always miracle battles with just a few warriors on foot battling the pagans. 18. Now Solomon purposed to build a house for the name of the Lord and a house for his kingdom. Unless you set it out as your purpose, you'll never accomplish what that goal is. Some people claim they have goals, but they don't have purpose. They're not purposefully pursuing those goals. Solomon made it a purpose to build the temple, and that's why it was achieved. And that concludes Second Chronicles chapter 1.